0: Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports and Crest Media, and joining me, the owner of the Savannah Bananas and Gastonia Grizzlies, founder of Fan First Entertainment, and author of the book, Find Your Yellow Tux, How to Be Successful by Standing Out, Jesse Cole. Jesse, super excited to be chatting with you today.
1: Yes, pumped to be on the show.
0: So on today's show, I want to talk about fan engagement and standing out. Two things that are near and dear to my heart as I build bacon sports, as well as super relevant to anybody in sports marketing. But first, I want to let you know about how Jesse and I met. We connected on LinkedIn a few weeks ago. I was familiar with the Savannah Bananas because I had created the digital strategy for the Macon Bacon, a new minor league baseball team in the Coastal Plain League where the Savannah Bananas reside. It just so happens that when we connected, it was two days after his book launched. I read the book in two days, absolutely loved it. Asked him to be on the podcast, and here we are. So, Jesse, let's start with this The mission of fan first entertainment fans first, entertain always. Tell us more about why that is your mission and how others can adopt that mindset.
1: Sure, yeah, of course. With sports, I think we try to simplify it. I mean, most teams, Rob, what they're focused on is wins and losses. Wins, 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 wins. And they think that is all about attendance and how you grow a brand. We look at it very differently. It's 100% about the fan experience. And that's why we developed the fans first entertain always mentality. And if you know a little about us, obviously you mentioned the yellow tux. I'm in the yellow tuxedo now. Our whole brand is about being different and standing out. That's everything we do. And the funny thing is, when you mentioned the Make and Bacon, yes, when they uh, came out, they became our first rival because uh, obviously bananas—it's a food fight: bananas versus bacon. And we did come out with a video right after the name, protesting the Make and Bacon, with actually we adopted a pig and brought it to the stadium to protest. Uh, you know, stop the Make and Bacon, save save the pigs. So uh, we like to think fun, and and that's what. Our brand is. I think most people, like I said, they focus on wins and losses. Everything we do is about creating the best possible fan experience and then also entertaining them like crazy. I mean, we do things. We have a, a banana pep band with 30 members that are literally playing music during the games. We have the banana nanas, a senior citizen dance team that dances during the games. We're known for our break dancing first base coach who will do the moonwalk during the games. You know, we realize what we are, and I think very, very few companies can simplify their mission into a few words. And for us, it's fans first, entertain always. And that's everything we do.
0: But Jesse, you guys would name the Savannah Bananas. That can't apply to me, a professional <laughs> sports team or huge brand that does anything else. What do you say to that?
1: I, I, I think I love it. I love it because the teams that say that doesn't stand for them, it just helps us stand out even more. You know, I think professionalism is boring and weird wins. The reality is so many professional teams, they want to be this upper echelon. And they're like, we're just going to do things by the book. Well, you know what? Their players should be more involved. I look at Major League Baseball. How many times do you really get to connect with the players? They're so standoffish. You know, our players are giving roses to little girls during the games. They're dancing. It can work for anyone. So the answer is these big brands that say, just because we have a crazy name, you're missing the boat. What's what's your end game? What game are you playing? Are you playing the same game as everyone else about wins and losses? Or are you going to play a game that's really about the fan experience? That's how you win. And I think we're a lot of teams are playing the wrong game.
0: So let's move away from teams and even to brands. How important do you believe it is to build a community? Should every brand build one? So instead of thinking about marketing as we're marketing what we do, so it's a megaphone, so look at what we're doing here. Instead, think of it as a living, breathing community. Oh,
1: yeah, 100%. And there's a great piece by Kevin Kelly they talk about. It's it's 1,000 true fans. I think everyone is – trying to be so much to so many people go deep and go narrow you hear it all the time be something great to a small group of people and then that'll grow it's better to have people to love you a hundred people a thousand than to have a million people kind of like you and I think so many brands are so focused I'm just going to try to be in the middle and get lots of people to like me well then you're nothing to no one and I'd rather be something to someone so people are going to look at me like this guy's crazy he's in a yellow tuxedo he's loud he's outgoing he's really different But that's who I am. And I speak to a small group of people, but those create evangelists. And that gives even more speaking opportunities to that group of people. So I think it's a tough thing for a brand. You're constantly competing against everyone else in the same game of normalness, like just normalcy. Get out of there. Get different. Go to that small, small focus. And I think that's how you succeed.
0: So one thing you mentioned in the book, different wins and nothing beats attention. And the problem I see is so many brands are afraid to be different. They mail in their marketing and check it off as a box. So why is being different so important? Well, the,
1: the whole creating attention. Normal gets normal results. People aren't talking about a brand that does things normal. I mean, you think about everything on... Twitter, Facebook, what are they talking about? companies that are doing things different and unique. That's how companies stand out. Why has Apple been so successful? Why is Amazon? They're talking about now this shop in Amazon where you can literally just go in and there's no people working there. I mean, people are talking about these crazy unique experiences. If you're not different, nobody cares. And I say this all the time, you know, different isn't uh, better isn't different, only is different. Everyone tries to be a little bit better. Well, that's not really different. Only is different. What are you doing that you're the only one doing? or you're doing it in a whole different degree. And I think that's how you build a real strong community. That's what all the best companies, that's like Uber, Netflix, all the big companies that we talk about, that's what they're doing. And you can do it to a small degree, just focus, you know, slim and narrow.
0: So how can others get more comfortable doing the opposite of normal? Because that's not a natural thing. So if we just bring this down to the first step, so someone's listening to this and says, you know what? I believe what you're saying, Jesse, but here's the thing. I'm not comfortable doing this. How can I take the first step in an an environment that may not be as conducive to what you or I have created?
1: I mean, I I believe in the book I talk about this first step, I think, is the mirror moment. you got to look at your industry or what you're doing. What frustrates customers? What's bothering people? What I learned for us when we jumped in the baseball industry, no one was coming to the games. It was 200 people that literally because people thought with baseball was long, slow and boring. So what I tell everyone is kind of take a step back, look in the mirror, have that Jerry Maguire moment where you look back and say, what is frustrating people about your industry? That's how you start. You can't just say, I'm going to be completely Different. I'm going to be wild. But if you break it down and say, you know what? Our customers really don't like this, or people don't like this. Or if you're an individual brand and you're on uh, social media, you're like, I hate how they continue to do this over and over and over again. And then just go the opposite way. You know, I've broken it down in the sense that whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And I think that's where you start creating traction. So just look at even podcasts, Rob. You know, how how are podcasts? Everyone's doing the same interview form. How can you adjust that and make it differently? How can you know? That's how I try to look at everything.
0: One of the hallmarks of everything I do at Bacon Sports is fun. And I know it's the same for you. Can you emphasize the importance of this and how it can be applicable to literally every aspect of a business? Because as I look out there, when I'm talking to brands and people, I see an absence of fun, despite the fact that I know deep inside of us, and especially on the weekends, people are like, boom, it's all about fun. But why can't fun be a constant narrative in all marketing and everything that people do all the time? (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll come back
1: to you. What are you seeing? So in the sense that what are you seeing why what's scaring people from having fun
0: I actually think it comes back to being risk averse where people aren't mm-hmm. people are more worried about executing and checking off a box than they are on pushing boundaries and doing things to stand out because it may not always be in the best interest for them and maybe that's the system itself or people just don't I hate to say this, they're not creative enough. So there are people who can be in a marketing role that are executioners that say, I can uh, go from point A to point B and I can schedule all of our social media posts and we're going to get this done. But at the end of the day, they don't think of it literally like I would schedule in my planner fun or reminders around fun. And I don't think that that culture is evident in the majority of businesses.
1: Yeah. Well, I think people are scared to get uh, uncomfortable too. They're scared to try new things. You know, I mean, the reality is people won't regret at the end of their life, a lot of the things they did, they'll regret the things they didn't do. And people are so used to doing the nine to five. It's comfortable. You go into work, this is what you're expected to do. To do the I mean, we have a full-time videographer on our staff and we're filming ridiculous videos every day do some of the videos make any sense no most of them don't but we're laughing and creating them so how do you build fun into your office I think people can you can't force someone to say we're gonna have fun like this person that wears a full suit that's not yellow and they come in and they're straight you know straight and narrow you can't force them to have fun but can you get the at least think differently about it in the sense, you know what, every day I do the same thing over and over and over again. You know, just I think it's more if you can't laugh every day, you're missing the boat, man. So I think it's it's so tough to teach and you can't force it. But you just need to be first to become aware of it. And I think you are aware of it every day. I mean, obviously, you're wearing an NBA Jam shirt right now and a bow nose hat. I mean, it's, it's the way you dress. It's the way the energy that you bring. And I think that's at least you start that people will have more fun with you by the way you take on life. So you need to have some people bring in fun into the office and then it'll kind of You know, it's contagious. Fun is so contagious.
0: Well, of course, and I think this is a great segue to fan engagement via social media. So with what you're doing with the Savannah Bananas, you can very much see the experiential side of things where you're like, man, I'm just going to create this awesome atmosphere. But for the majority of brands, they're living in an, in an offline basis where their main communication tool with their audience is social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and if they're doing it correctly, podcasting and live streaming. But we're not going to go that far yep. there. How important is it to understand fan engagement via social media? I know we briefly touched on it on checking boxes, but I think it's super important to think about fan engagement specifically for social media. What tips would you have for brands out there for how they can better engage their fans via social
1: You know, this was a great lesson we learned from a company here called Nine Line Apparel. And they were the third fastest online retailer in the country in 2016. They are a patriotic brand. They do very edgy, patriotic shirts. And what they said is, we start asking our community what they want to see. And it sounds crazy because I I always say the quote with Henry Ford, if I asked the people what I wanted, they would have said they wanted faster horses. All right. But the reality is they started asking their people, hey, we're coming up with these potential shirts. What do you think? And we did that this year. We start saying, hey, we have three potential shirts. Let us know which ones you like the most. And we got thousands of votes right on Facebook and engaged. And then later that week, we came out with that exact shirt they wanted and sales went through the roof. So how do you actually get your your community engaged by asking questions that won't kill you? Not like, hey, what's the direction of our company? But fun questions. Talk to them. And I think it's so simple, but so many companies don't respond quickly to people on social media. Have conversations, but keep it with the tone of your company. We're edgy, we're a little sarcastic, we're fun, we're over the top. Um, I mean, when someone said it was going to rain, said it looks like it's going to rain for tonight's game, we wrote back, that's fake news. And then, you know, we, we just have fun with them. And they're like, really? And it didn't rain that night. So, you know, you just got to really build your brand into that, but engage, ask questions. And that's what we've seen. And, you know, we went from 500 to 21,000 fans um, in, a, in a year just by that constant consistency of content and then engagement. You've got to put things out every day. If people aren't putting things out every day, you're, miss- you're missing the boat.
0: And one thing I think is important is you have to start. So a lot of times you could see a brand who may not see the immediate results. And that may be because if you're going to have a shift in marketing from megaphone to fan engagement and community based that your first few posts where you're you're asking for a solicitation of, hey, guys, what should we do? They may fall on deaf ears because your audience isn't used to the way that you're doing things. But for me, it's very much a long term mindset shift. That if you say you know what I believe in fan engagement, then the answer to the time to start is right now. And you say you know what it doesn't matter if somebody's not going to respond to my first post or the first hundred posts because here's the thing: you have to continually keep asking questions. So for me, the number one thing that you can do to increase fan engagement via social media is to ask questions because so many brands don't ask questions, and then you look at their posts and they're like, well, why are there no likes, shares, or comments because you never gave the fans an opportunity to do so
1: hundred percent and i'll jump on the beginning part of that you know stop thinking start doing I'll, I'll, i always remember dates february 25th 2016 was the date that we announced the savannah bananas and everything changed from that and then september 18th 2017 was the day i officially launched my personal brand with the yellow tux and started posting every single day in the first few weeks it was crickets i mean literally crickets no one time's like well this is terrible and then the podcast started right then and then all of a sudden, by October, a few comments. November, more. December, starting to reach out weekly for speaking engagements. And now in January, it's every single day. And that's pretty quick in the scheme of things. That's four or five months. You have to be able to have that long game atmosphere, uh, long game perspective that I talk about in the book. And people are so afraid to start because they don't know what to do. Just keep, just throw darts. You'll eventually hit the bullseye.
0: You know. What are your thoughts on podcasting as a fan engagement and relationship building medium that? I guess indirectly them becomes part of your marketing mix.
1: <laughs> I think podcasting is a game changer and it's it's crazy everyone's getting into it but it's still early. It's still early and you know you don't see the results right away but it's interesting that I had so many people reach out to me. I had someone from Australia yesterday that said, "I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning." You know, like Australia. Like I don't even know how that happens and you start having that engagement. So use that as a voice. Don't you don't need to measure it right away. It's not about the amount of downloads you're getting. It's the conversations that you can start having. And uh, I think every business should have a podcast. If you don't, you're behind.
0: I completely agree. And I believe that every business is going to end up becoming a media company because you're going to want to have the ability to engage your audience on every platform that they're at. So when I think of podcasting, it is so relationship rich because they can see you and your yellow talks on the Savannah bananas Instagram page. And they're like, Oh man, this guy is totally awesome. But then if you get the opportunity to paint that color with your voice and your story and your passion, all of a sudden you're now a brand that has a heartbeat. And I think that's one thing that when you think about standing out and being different and having fun, it is absolutely, Adding the color and the heartbeat to your brand. And I was listening to Andy Frasella's podcast today. He had a guy uh, on Randall, uh, can't think of his last name, but he was talking about how brands previously were faceless. Before mm-hmm. a social media and everything came now, people want to be connected to a brand because of who's at the top of it. And Oh, by the way, he has a brand. So now the opportunity for every brand to no longer be faceless, but instead say, listen, there's a heartbeat to this. And mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, the fans can be that heartbeat.
1: hundred percent. How many big brands out there? Can you not name the main face of the company? Um, it's very, few. Yeah. It's very few, and that's that's the best advice I ever received back with Mike Vec. Um, you know, Mike Vec and his father Bill Vec, who owned the Moomers teams. Mike said, "Jesse, I was 23 years old. You got to get a little crazy, but you got to be the face of the team and get out there because, again, you create that personality with your brand. People don't want the faceless brands. And podcasting, videos, all that. You have to do it, and you have to find someone that that's good to do it. Not everyone can be a face." Of a company or face of a brand and it's very very difficult you try to put someone in front of it and they're not good on video they got at least either find something they're very good at or find someone to be the face that's very important don't force that
0: so let's get out on this one thing that really resonated with me was the amount of quotes and references to books you had in the book as reading is a huge part of my my daily routine how important is it to your success (laughs)
1: <laughs> so they're right up there. I mean, I think my second chapter, third chapter of the book was be a sponge. You know, you can't grow if you're not learning. There's so many quotes about that. But the reality is, if you're just going about your nine to five and you look at the end of the year and you're the same person that you were a year before, you haven't grown. You need to see. We actually in our company here, we have the Better Book Club, and we pay our people to read. So every single day our employees are getting paid to read because we believe in that so much. And, uh, you know, one company that I started it, they gave away one hundred thousand dollars paying their people to read. That's how much they value it. So read, listen to podcasts. I mean, whatever you can to do to learn. I think that is the, one of the keys to success. There's very few people that are the top of the success ladder that have not either read, learned, gone to conferences or done anything to grow.
0: For me, I had to hear that maybe a million different times as I was reading Inc. and Fast Company of the the highest performers and CEOs. I started to see what are the things that... Uh, continually came up, and it was reading, reading, reading. So finally, I made it part of my daily routine in the morning. And I can say without a doubt, it is probably the number one thing that I would recommend to everybody that has had a drastic change and impact on my life because last year I read 45 books from – Put it this way, me reading this book got you on a podcast, and it's something that I I learn from as many people as possible, and I've learned more out of college than I ever did in college, and I wish that I could give everybody the gift of having a lifelong learner mindset where you just Mm -hmm. look around and you say, what can I learn? Because if you can make every day better than yesterday, then you're going to win.
1: Yeah, and I think you have to teach people that. They have to read, start small, you know, start with short little books. That's what we try. We have a lot of people that maybe don't love reading. Give them a short little book. Give them a taste of it. Start getting them enjoying it because not everyone's going to love reading, but you got to give them things they love. If they start a book and you don't enjoy it, stop reading it. I say don't force yourself to read because then you'll hate the habit. So it's a tough trait to teach as well.
0: So I highly recommend that you pick up a copy of Find Your Yellow Tux, How to Be Successful by Standing Out by Jesse Cole. I can say without a doubt, it will be one of the top five books that, I've, that I will read in 2018. And it's only the beginning, it's only the middle of January right now, but it is that good because it is that different and it resonates so much with me and my business. So Jesse, where can everybody connect with you?
1: Uh, definitely uh, find your yellow tux uh, website and connect with me but I am right on LinkedIn Facebook I'm on all the social platforms and you can get the book on Amazon as well but right on my website find your yellow tux I'll give away the six secrets to stand out uh, and I think everyone can use that with their business or with their own personal brand as well
0: and now time for our action item tell your sports marketing friends that the sports marketing huddle is back and the number one thing you can do to help us is subscribe on iTunes and give us a rating and review it helps with discovery and allows us to provide More value to others. If you have thoughts about this episode, you can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy. Boom Shakalaka.